Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. Psalm 1, some verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Notice now, because this is so powerful. You'll be blessed if you don't walk with wicked folks. Is that what it says? I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Don't walk with wicked folks and there's a blessing on your life. I, I know that's harsh, but am I in the Bible? Don't stand in the way that sinners take. Thirdly, don't sit in the company of mockers. I don't like cynical folks. I pray for cynical folks. Because I don't like negativity, so I just I pray for those mockers. And I certainly don't want to hang out with them. Number two, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord? My delight is in the ways of God, the things of God. I take pleasure in it and, and meditate on His law, His ways, day and night. And notice now, that person is like a tree. Everybody say it. There we go. That person is like a tree planted. That's what we've been talking about by streams of water. See, they don't need a sprinkler. They're planted by the river. They're not dependent on somebody with a water pot coming by. They're planted by the river. They're not, the the season might go through a drought, but I'm planted by the river. It might not have rained for a while, but I'm planted by the river. And so I yield fruit in season and my leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. Not so for the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. I want to be in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the wicked way of the wicked leads to destruction. God bless you for standing so long. My apologies. Be seated. God bless you. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. When I hear like moaning on the way down, I know I had y'all standing way too long. I apologize. It's like a, oh, ugh, ah. I heard like a collective. It's all right. My bad. I'm sorry. Um, but hang out after church. I always say my altar call on Life Group Sunday is to the tents outside to sign up. A lot of times the altar call is to the, to the altar, uh, to the baptistry. Uh, and certainly if somebody wants to come forward and pray, I'll pray with them. But my altar call today is to the tents outside to sign up. And you know what? Even get ice cream too. That's part of, that's going to be spiritual today. It's just the, the blessing of the Lord and the overflow. I'm going to jump right into it because I'm not going to preach long today. Um, and jump right into my first point here. I'm going to talk about planted for life. And, and what I mean by that is I'm planted not just, I think when I read that, I think planted for life, like the forever part of my life. And that probably is true. We should always be planted in the house of God. We should be planted in the things of God, in the ways of God, uh, for all those reasons that the Psalms just told us. But I also wanted to be planted for life 
the life that can spring out of me, the fruit that can come out of me, the green vines that will grow because there's life when I'm planted. I started this, this message series out uh, uh, two weeks ago and it was on the heels of Valentine's Day and I said if you pull that rose out of the ground and you give it to your sweetheart and your spouse, your wife, there's a time, it still looks good, but there's a time uh, limit on it because it's been uprooted. And I think that there's such a blessing in staying planted. So I, I want to jump right into it. The first thing I want to tell you about being planted today is location matters. I remember uh, when my wife and I were going to look for, to buy a house, uh, the realtor said that cliche thing, location, location, location. Anybody ever heard that before? Location, location, location. We're talking about being planted. We're talking about soil. But what they say is that the number, the top three important things about real estate is not whether it's stucco or a wood frame. It's not whether it's copper pipes or plastic pipes. It's not the condition of the roof even. It's location, location, location. Those are the top three things. Because you could have a beautiful house out there in the sticks, and there's no road to get to it. There's no plumbing to get out there. There's no electricity out there. Somebody help me. There's no cell reception out there. And it's not that desirable. But I'll just speak for me. You give me a little hut on the beach, and it's, it's four square feet. You know what I'm saying? But it's under a palm tree in the sand. I'm happy. I'm good. Because the top three things with real estate is location, location, and location. And Jesus taught us this in that parable from last week. And, and if you missed it, I, I hope you'll shout out to the podcast, folks. Go check the podcast out because it's really the foundation for everything that we're talking about here. Jesus' parable of the sower. And I love that parable so much because Jesus actually said, if you don't understand this teaching, you won't understand anything that I'm trying to teach you. And, and what he taught us is about the, the seed falling in four different locations, so the location matters. And, and in this first psalm, it's telling us the same thing. And this is why. Because where you're planted determines who you're planted with. Thank you, Vanessa. Because if I'm planted in the house of God, I'm planted with God's people. I don't want to step on too many toes because I love y'all. If I'm planted in the way of the wicked, I'm planted with wicked folks. If I'm planted in the world, I'm planted with those folks. But if I'm planted in the house of God, I'm planted with God's people. And where I'm planted determines who I'm planted with. So let me look back at that psalm uh, one more time. It says, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked. So you're blessed if you don't walk with wicked folks. You're blessed if you don't stand where sinners stand. And you don't sit where they sit. But if you delight in the ways of God and you meditate on them, you soak that in, it's just where your heart is, it's just where your mind is on the good things of God, then that person is like a tree 
planted, uh, I need a little help preaching sometimes, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, and that just going to make you yield fruit in season and your leaf won't wither. How many would like it just everything you did prospered? I just I, he I don't know what's going on with that guy, but he starts a lawn mowing business and it takes off. I don't know what it is about her, but she starts a a, a quilting business. It just takes off. She starts a catering business. It just takes off. Paige, you start a dessert business. It just takes off. I heard Paige laughing, so I just whatever they do, it prospers. Why? Because there's a blessing in who you step with. And there's a cursing in who you step with. But there's a blessing in who you step with. And there's a blessing if you don't step with folks that are wicked. You don't sit with people that are sinners. And you don't hang out with mockers and cynical folks. Because that has a way of getting on you. Their wicked ways have a way of getting on you. Their negativity has a way. Their faithlessness has a way of getting on you. But guess what? The folks that are living for God, that has a way of getting on you. Folks that have an overflow of love, peace, joy, faith, kindness, gentleness, has a way of getting on me. And I'm like a tree that's planted by the water. Oh, that's a blessing. Somebody ought to praise God right there. That's a blessing. But it said, not so for the wicked. I want to be in the assembly of the righteous. And really, that's what Life Groups is all about. We could change the name of Life Groups if we were in the King James days. Assembly of the Righteous. I think if churches had Life Groups back then, they were called the Assembly of the Righteous. That's what they called them. But I think that Life Groups are a pretty good name, so we'll keep that. You know, in the 2022 version, it'd be just hanging out with good folks. That's what the ministry would be. But who do you walk with? That's what I want to ask you today. Who do you step with? If you really look at your life, who do you spend the most time with? Who do you text the most? Who do you call the most? Who do you hang out with the most? Whose company do you keep? Are you assembling with the righteous? Now don't get me don't don't get me wrong today. We should we should also we should also minister to sinners. Jesus ate with sinners. Jesus ministered to sinners. But there's a difference of who I'm ministering to with to and who, who I'm pouring into and who's pouring into me. See, I want you to catch that now. When Jesus was sitting with the tax collector or he was sitting with the sinners, he was pouring into them. They weren't pouring into him. And so I need people who will pour into me so I can pour into them, but I can't pour into them you, you follow? If somebody's not pouring into me. That's what the assembly of the righteous is. And so this psalm shows me that in righteous places, I'll find righteous people. If I plant myself in the right place, I'll find the right people. If I plant myself in the wrong place, I'll be with the wrong folks. Many people wonder why they can't meet the right people, but they're hanging out in the wrong places. They want to meet the right girl, but they're trying to meet her in the wrong places. Trying to meet the right guy, but you'll meet the kind of guy in the place, the kind of place that you're at. Trying to find the right friends, 
But you're not going to find the right friends there. You're going to find the wrong friends there. That's why it said be planted in the house of God. Because you'll find the right folks, the right friends, the right people in the house of God. So remember verse 1 of Psalm 1. Walk in step with the wicked. There's no blessing there. Stand in the way that sinners take. There's no blessing there. Sit in the company of mockers. There's no blessing there. Because you're stepping where they step. You're standing where they stand. You're sitting where they sit. But if you go where they go, and you hang out where they hang out, and you talk like they talk, and you do what they do, and you act like they act, you're going to get what they get. What's that old cliche? Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Because it's only going to take one season for your harvest to be the same harvest that they're reaping now. That's true one way, but the good news is it's true on the flip as well. If you want the blessing of the fruit they have in their life, uproot some things, plant yourself next to those folks, plant yourself in the house of God, and here's, what, here's the encouragement I want to tell you today. Go where the righteous folks go. Hang out where they hang out. Talk like they talk. Do what they do. Act like they act. Pray like they pray. Worship like they worship. Serve like they serve. Give like they give. And you'll get what they get. The harvest will be the same because I'm planted in the same field and I'm doing the same thing. I just want to tell you today, the best friends I have ever found was in the house of God. I found my wife in the house of God. Best times I've ever had are with folks from the house of God. Oh, somebody ought to help me today. The best counsel, the best wisdom, the best advice I've ever got was from folks in the house of God. The biggest blessings I've ever had was in the house of God. The fruit and the harvest in my life are from the house and the field of God because I was planted in the house of God. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. There's a blessing in being planted. And, and I love, and, and, and I love, and the, the, we, this was the first week of this, and so I don't mean to keep drawing back, but it's just foundational. I love that Psalm 92 and 12. It said, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Shout out Florida and palm trees. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now, I don't have time. I studied this out and I just cut it out of my notes, but I just feel it. The, the palm tree uh, was, was victory and the cedar was durability. Because a cedar, if you're going to build something outside, cut cedar wood because it won't weather. It's strong. It's durable. And so the righteous, they're they're going to have victory like a palm tree, but they're also going to be durable like a cedar. That's what he was saying. And then it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they'll flourish. They'll flourish if you're planted in the house of God. And then it said in verse 14, they shall bear fruit in old age. Somebody over 30, over 40, over 50, over 60. Somebody over 70 ought to say amen. Somebody over 80. Somebody over 90 ought to say amen right there. Bearing fruit in old age. Be fresh. Flourishing. And that's when you're planted in the house of God. I'm going to move on quick here. Number two is planted for deep roots. Planted for deep roots. 
Uh, it said in, in that third verse that the person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and leaves don't wither. Whatever they do, prosper. What I love about this is that that tree has its own irrigation system. It's not dependent upon a sprinkler. It's not dependent upon somebody coming by and watering it. It's not dependent upon the season or the rain. It's not dependent upon any of those things. It is planted by the streams of water where it has its own refreshing. It has its own irrigation. And this is the way the things of God work. Remember, the former verse was saying, if you meditate on the things of God, if you, if you don't walk in their way, but you walk in this way, and if you do, that's, that's going to be a refreshing for you. Uh, and, and what I love about this, this word plant here is that, is that it actually it can mean plant or transplant. It can mean that I was planted in an unhealthy location, but I now want to be planted in the house of God. Amen. Because I was planted in some bad things, but I'm uprooting and planting in some good things. And I think that there are those of us who didn't grow up in the house of God. I believe there's folks that maybe were planted in bad environments of no doing of their own. Maybe somebody woke up like the prodigal son and realized, I'm planted in some bad surroundings. I'm planted in some habits. I'm ha planted in some addictions, some bad influences. I'm planted around some folks that are bad influences on my life. I'm planted in some negative lifestyles. But today, I'm going to uproot from those things. And I'm going to plant myself in the house of God around God's people. And I love to think about this is exactly what happened for the Apostle Paul. He was an enemy of Christians. In fact, he was killing Christians. He was on the way to get more uh, uh, allowances, more edicts to kill more Christians. He was an enemy of Christ. He was an enemy of the church. He was an enemy of what God was doing. But when he got that Damascus Road experience... The Bible says the light from heaven shined down on him, blinded him as a sign of his spiritual blindness. And he looks up into that light and he says, Lord, who are you? And the voice from heaven says, Jesus, whom you're persecuting. And as, he, he, as he's in this moment, it's that conversion moment. And the, the instruction of God was go to this very specific address on a street called Straight. And you'll find this guy named Ananias. Ananias will explain the way more clearly to you. So he was uprooting himself from being an enemy of Christ and said, go see this guy because if you plant yourself with him, even though you uprooted, now you're going to have some new roots. And he goes to Ananias, and Ananias says, I've been waiting on you. Ananias lays his hands on him. The blindness falls off like scales. The Bible says when Ananias laid his hands on him, that Paul received the gift of the Holy Spirit. He loses his blindness. Ananias explains the way to him. He receives the Holy Spirit. But guess what? Folks didn't want to be planted by Paul. <laughs> Sometimes folks don't want to be planted by you because they said, last week, he might be a double agent here. Last week, he was killing folks. I don't know if I want to be planted by him. 
But God loved Barnabas. Because it said in verse 26 that Barnabas, he came to Jerusalem. Or when, when, when Paul, rather, came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. But they were afraid of him. Not believing that he was really a disciple. But I think there's some Barnabases in this house. Take a chance on somebody. Put their arm around somebody. Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told him how Saul was on his journey and seen the Lord and, and the Lord had spoken to him. And how in Damascus he preached fearlessly for the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Because everybody needs a Barnabas. It says he might have got mixed up for a little while, but I still believe in him. He might have fallen, but I'm going to pick him up. He might have been in this, but now he's in that. And I want to pick him up. I want to carry him. I want to protect him. I want to pray for him. I want to lay my hands on him. I believe in him. I'm promoting him. The Bible said once Barnabas was on his side, he was able to move freely. Here's what it says about Barnabas. I love Barnabas. It said in, in chapter 11, it said, When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas. Now Barnabas and Paul are traveling and ministering. And it says, When, when he arrived and he saw the revival that was happening, and he saw evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. It says that Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith. And watch it now. The Barnabas spirit has the ability to bring many people to the Lord. I want to call some Barnabases up in the house. Say, hey, I believe in him. Hey, I believe in her. She might have got mixed up for a while, but I believe in her. He might have made some mistakes, but I'm putting my arm around him. Because I believe that God has a future for him. How many say amen to that? Uh, you know, I, I, love this, I love this illustration of nature. You know, redwood trees, they're the tallest living things on planet Earth. Of all the living things, redwood trees are the tallest. It's not a giraffe. It's a redwood. They're found mostly out west, out in the continental U.S. west. And they can grow 30 feet high, 300 feet high rather. That's the equivalent of a 30-story building. So if you go downtown and you see a 30-story building, imagine that being a tree. That's how tall they grow. So high that they can be seen from miles away. In addition to that, they can be 30 feet wide. There's, they're, they're 30 feet wide. You lay down three basketball goals and they're that wide. It's amazing. And they're, they, they, they're so strong that, that as they've grown up, uh, out west, they'll actually they'll actually move try to move roads for them, but but when it's impossible, they'll hollow out that tree, and you can actually drive through some of these because they're thirty feet wide, and and engineering and uh, professionals will tell you that the taller that you build something, the the deeper that the roots have to go, and th there's a ratio there depending on how tall it is that that's how deep the foundation has to go. So structurally, the higher something is built, the deeper the foundation that's necessary because it could sway or the wind or whatever, and that, that tower could go down. But the redwoods of nature actually defy this engineering principle. Would you believe that even though they go 300 feet high, 
most instances, they only go five foot deep. So they're 300 feet in the air, but they're only, I don't know what my wingspan is, only this far in the ground. I heard somebody say it. Even though their roots don't go down deep, how many remember that song from Sunday school, Deep and Wide? They go wide. They don't go deep, but they go wide. And because, oh, this is so good. Because they're planted together, because they're planted in close proximity to one another, their roots get entangled. And my roots go 175 feet that way, 75 feet that way, 75 feet that way, 75 feet that way for 150 foot radius. And my roots are intertwined with yours. Your roots are intertwined with mine. When you're having a dry spell, you're drawing off of me. When I have a dry spell, I'm drawing off of you because our roots are intertwined. So when the wind comes and the storm comes, we're in that storm together. We're in that battle together. We're in that fight together. And our roots are are tied up together. There's a blessing in that. There's a power in that. Don't let anybody tell you that you can be planted by yourself. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't need God's people around you. Music come. I've got to close. I was told 1020. It's 1019. I just want to, just want to get that out there. <laughs> the, the last thing I want to tell you as the music comes is Not only can I be planted with deep roots, strong roots, but I can also produce fruit. Jeremiah 17 and 8 says this. It's very, very similar to Psalm 1. I almost cut it out, but but I wanted to, to bring something out of it. Jeremiah 17 and 8 says something very, very similar to Psalm 1. It said, they'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots out by the stream. It's very, very similar does not fear when heat comes, does not fear when drought comes, does not fear when it doesn't rain, does not fear when it goes through a hard time. Its leaves are always green, and it has no worries in a year of drought. And this is what I wanted to bring out for my third point. It never fails to bear fruit. Never fails to bear fruit. So when you're planted in God's house, with God's people, in God's ways, in God's things, not only am I drought-proof, but I'm producing fruit at all times. I'm drought-proof, but I'm producing fruit at all times. Doesn't mean there won't be a drought, but it means I'll survive the drought. Doesn't mean there won't be a valley, but it means I'll survive the valley. And I can bear fruit in that time. You know, in, again, in nature, there's this very interesting thing called cross-pollination trees that are planted by each other benefit from cross-pollination. Flowers that are planted in a field of flowers benefit from cross-pollination. Corn benefits from being planted in a field with other stalks of corn because of cross-pollination. Fruit trees benefit from being planted in a grove 
uh, orchard because of cross-pollination. And here's how that works. Have you ever gone out? I, I was thinking of, of 417, Brother Chris. You ever gone out there and there's a bunch of beautiful palm trees? How'd that happen? Did somebody go out there and plant them? Somebody go out there and think, I'm going to just randomly plant a bunch of palm trees out in this, in this field. No. What happens is those, the wind will carry those seed pods. You see those seed pods from the palms hang down? The wind will carry those seeds around. New ones will pop up. Flowers will have that pollen on them. The wind comes, the bees come, and they distribute that pollen. It's called cross-pollination to other flowers in that field. That's why you'll see not just one flower. You'll go and you'll see a bunch of flowers together because they're feeding off each other. The bees are taking that pollen from one flower to the next. The wind is taking that pollen from one flower to the next. On the fruit trees, it's the same. And I I learned this week that corn is the same. I should have known that because I was from Indiana. But corn is the same way. It supports one another. And that pollen that's necessary to produce the flower, the fruit, the crop, is drawn from another fruit tree or flower or crop in that area. And I just want to tell you today, when you're low, when you're empty, you need to be close enough. You need to be in close proximity enough that somebody notices, says, hey, you can have some of my overflow. You can have some of my honey. You can have some of my water. You can have some of my, you can, you can I'll, I'll, I'll strengthen you. Here's what it said in Ecclesiastes. It said, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But watch out. That's what woe means. But watch out to him who's alone when he falls. There's nobody there to pick him up. Nobody there to help him up. Stand with me today. I'm going to close quick. going to sing something. So hang, maybe hang with me for just a moment. We're going to pray. I'm going to dismiss you. And um, I'm going to have all my life group leaders hang on for just a minute. Wait till, wait for just a minute. And then the life group leaders are going to get in place out there in the tents. And so this is, this is a service we do a couple times a year. So my, my altar call isn't necessarily to the baptistry today, but my altar call is to join a life group and find somebody that can be a strength to you. Find a community. I I know Tom and Erica talked about it. There's a bunch of life groups. There's something for you today. And so it might not seem super spiritual, but I promise you that it will be because you'll have great uplifting and strengthening moments and times in these life groups. You know, um, uh, we we had a, a service yesterday for Abraham, I see some of his family right here on the front front two rows. Let's give them a great big hand. Love them. Love this family so much. And um, this family's on my heart. And and um, as I was kind of putting this together, I uh, just thought this would fit great. And um, many of you, most of you, I know know Abraham. And um, I mentioned it yesterday that. We, uh, we, in our life groups, this is, this is the power of life groups right here. One of the life groups, in fact, my wife leads it. It's a running life group. Um, I did not sign up for this life group, by the way, but I got drugged there uh, on one of the life groups because it was only a 5K, and I thought, well, maybe I could, maybe I could run a 5K. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. 
And um, Abraham happened to be in this life group. Abraham was was just just a, an athlete. He could run. And um, so I'm running, and I'm about I'm about uh, to the last the last area. But I'm just huffing and puffing, and I'm so weak. And um, my pace was slow, slowing down to where it was almost a walk. And um, I was like looking around, like, would anybody notice if I just started walking right now? I don't want, I didn't want to break my stride. I'd been running the whole time. I was probably like, you know, 4K into the 5K or something like that, 4.5K into the 5K. And I'm like, I cannot make this finish line. I am just plumb wore out. And I'd been faking it for the last 1K. I mean, I was just, huh. Zo, Zo, I see Zofia over there. So she was helping me keep pace. And she, she left me in her dust, and now I'm just by myself. And um, I'm like, is anybody going to notice if I break stride and just walk the rest of the way? And I promise you, I promise you, this is the honest truth. I, I'm like, no, I don't see anybody that knows me, you know. And I'm running with like, like, like old women and children at this point. So I'm like, nobody here knows me. And so I, I break stride. I start walking. <sighs> And I hear Abraham on the sideline. And he goes, Pastor, you can make it. Come on, let's go. I'll run with you. And I see him start going, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I'm like, oh, no. Somebody sees me. So, okay, okay, okay. And he, he, he went sideways with me for like half a K or whatever that was. And uh, I just want to say today, you need folks that'll help you make the finish line. You need folks that'll run with you, cheer for you, pray with you, worship with you. Come on, somebody help me. They'll worship with you when you don't have a worship. They'll shout for you when you don't have a shout. They'll pray with you when you don't have the strength to pray. They'll pick you up when you don't have the strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to sing this song together. We're going to close in prayer. I just want to pray with you. We're going to sing this song one time through. I'll dismiss everybody. But just bow your head, lift your hands all over this house. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for our faith family right now, God. I pray that each and every one of us, God, would find somebody that would strengthen us, that would pick us up, that would lift us up, that would pour into us. But more than that, Lord, I pray that we'd also be a Barnabas, that we'd find somebody that we could pour into, that we find somebody we could be an overflow for, somebody that we could promote and protect. And I pray it over this house in Jesus' name. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.